welcome back to Pro Mum. It's been a little while since um, we've done this. Obviously, we've had and are still in the midst of a, um, a pandemic. Uh, but today I have with me Tajale Chete, um, who's a senior art director with 16 years experience and has worked at DDB India, Leo Burnett Malaysia, Grey Worldwide, Ogilvy, VML, uh, Y&R, um, just to name name a few. Um, she's also a proud mother to Malha. And um, I met Tajali at a uh, Get Shit Done event, which was over a year ago now, which is crazy to think of. Um, and yeah, I think we was just, we just got chatting afterwards and you was um, telling me about that kind of, that time period that you was looking for work and kind of struggling to find work you've been looking for work a year at that point is that right that is right yes um wow that feels like an alternate universe <laughs> that we were in it seemed like such a different time I don't remember most part of it right now but um yeah that was about a year after I moved into UK and uh, I was looking for a job and uh, it, we met at a networking event um yeah yeah so if you like I don't know I, I know I'm asking quite a lot in terms of like casting your mind back to that kind of of that time period um what was what was you like what were the struggles you were coming up against at that at that particular time in terms of finding work yes yeah, so um it was a tough period uh, I moved after having 16 years of work experience in India and, and Malaysia, so in the region. And uh, as um, and I was, at that time, uh, I was a senior creative director. And even after I moved to UK in 2018, late 2018, I, DDB continued to have me on board. And um, for about six months, because I was handling Diageo, which was a very, very important client for them. So they would fly me up and down for meetings and it was going all right until I realized that I can't do this anymore because the, the time difference and just, you know, I was uh, starting a new life in a new country along with my three-year-old then. Um, it was just getting really hard because there was some, there, there was like these new challenges that I had never thought of that started coming in the way. So I had to put a hold to that and I decided to take a break of about six months to just get myself and my son, you know, acclimatized and settled in this new environment. And um, soon after that, uh, I guess in, in about six, six, eight months, I started looking for a job and uh, um, I started doing a lot of research and started building a network because I didn't have any. I pulled in a lot of my uh, you know, uh, called up a lot of my contacts. I I even pulled in some favors to get me in touch with some, you know, people in the industry to not just to give you a job, but mostly to learn and understand from their experience of how it is, what it is like to work in the UK and um, what advice they could give me. And people have been very generous with their time and uh, you know, the, the kind of advice they've been uh, giving me. It was, it was really great. Um, although it was um, it was nothing that was very actionable. It was a lot of like kind words and they even helped me uh, get in touch with their recruiters, um, uh, which, which until then was great, but things weren't really moving forward in the job scenario particularly where, you know, I wasn't landing any interviews. I literally had one interview in six months. Wow. Okay. And um, and that was an interview which went really well, but it wasn't even my core expertise. So um, I was getting a bit confused um, about what is it that I'm missing? What is it that uh, I am lacking? Or what is it that I haven't done? And I'm sure there was a lot I could do when I, I had some idea, but um, I wasn't really able to put a finger on what exactly was the problem to not even get to an interview stage. Yeah. So it was a very difficult and confusing time for me more than that. Yeah. Because um, did, did people like, did you get feedback from like recruiters or um, 
if you like contacted them direct did they come back to you and say oh sorry you've been unsuccessful this time because some of them yes my primary source of uh, applying to jobs were like you know the job portals or the linkedin and i realized very quickly that uh, that wasn't the way to go because every job had like 200 applicants mm-hmm. most of them with uh, the uk experience and i did get a lot of feedback uh, on my work especially about um, uh, a lot of them of course said that the work's great and it's very nice and conceptual and i like the art direction and i like the executions and there were some big ideas in there but it all sort of uh, ended up with a comment which was very common that is you know the work is very contextual or is very region specific and uh, the and there was this question of whether i'd be able to understand or fit into the uk culture because we we're in an industry where we need to talk to people in their language and by language i don't mean english but generally uh, you know you need to connect with them um on an emotional level and you need to fit into the system so there was like a lot of uh, uh, i mean i couldn't feel a lot of confidence in their voice when they went through my entire portfolio about whether i would fit into the system mm. so the reason i thought i was lost was because it felt like a chicken and egg situation because you know i had no uk experience which is why i it was hard to find a job and because i didn't have a job i didn't get a uk experience so yeah uh, it was like you know um, i was struggling to understand how to get across this hump you've got 16 years experience like that's that's not to be to be shied away from right like in terms of and and yes okay whilst um there are nuances obviously with within culture we're all human we all have the same basic needs the same basic emotions right would you say that people were kind of failing to see the transferable skills that you had yes that is that's a great question actually and transferable skills is a very important point that i think uh, i would love to highlight as well in this podcast because yes 16 years is a long time and uh, you don't really i mean i me especially i wasn't working on just one particular category i i have i have touched upon various categories i worked on various brands and most of them were global so you know be it uh, diageo or be it coca cola or png or penten and you know many many more were literally like we we were handling the entire region at one point um so i thought it would it would mean something when i came here the experience would mean something and the fact that it was um a leadership role would probably um because i have risen through the ranks i have done it the hard way you know there's no easy way to do that and mm-hmm. uh, made it to the creative director level so when i came here i knew i was kind of expecting that i had to take a step down which was like an acceptable trade off because you know i would take that time to maybe you know fill in those gaps or or learn on the job about the whole cultural scenario and uh, you know whatever nuances that i missed that i have not probably captured until now so i was okay to take a step down to like a like a senior ad or acd position that wasn't really a problem for me what was is the fact that it was all completely overlooked and it wasn't considered as a skill that uh, was you know for example i did uh, called brand for about four and a half years before i moved here which was the azure and i was working on the world's largest selling whiskey brand um um and i was a creative lead on that so i i assumed that uh, some of the traits would be global and <laughs> those mm-hmm. skills would be transferable not just to the in, to the region but also to other industries so uh, that expectation did not i mean that i think that uh, proved totally wrong and it seemed like um, in in places uh, when they were looking for like a specific role and if i did not have that experience it was sort of held against me so it was like if if you've not done anything to do with like pharmaceuticals in in your career so far would you be able to understand and learn and adapt to um to pharma industry to which my question was well, uh, 
you can always learn right is yeah. especially in advertising we don't know everything about every every industry we learn through planning through insights through uh, communication through understanding and knowledge and the experience that we've gained and it's 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 a lot of learning before you actually start producing any any piece of work so um, yeah i felt like that opportunity wasn't really offered it wasn't on the table to take up or um, it wasn't a chance that someone was willing to take on me when you're hiring a person you should be hiring them for their well in my opinion you should be hiring them for their potential and what they could do with the team which might already have that knowledge because they've been working on it for how however long right and actually it might be nice to have a fresh perspective if you have the same kind of people working on the same kind of brands and you just end up producing the same kind of work where is the where is the different perspective going to come on the table from it yeah. just it just makes more sense to have a more diverse uh, set of team to have interesting creative work yeah yeah of course i mean um going back to what you just said in terms of um you come to the to the UK knowing that you would probably need to take a a step back in terms of um seniority or title right um why why do you think that was like why do you think you felt that you would you would need to do that out of interest um as i said i got varied advice from many different kind of people and mm-hmm. uh, there were some things that i was willing to take a, a step back on and there were some things that i was just um that i just didn't think were fitting very well with what i was expecting and um taking a step back in the career did make some sense to me simply because i didn't want to go back in a leadership like an absolute creative senior creative director role because a i I wasn't confident myself about that so that was a trade off that I was willing to accept because it came from within mm-hmm. I thought it was a right thing to do cuz let me uh before I lead an entire team let me understand the nuances of the industry myself first and uh, just just uh just making sure I I'm taking the boxes of you know the cultural requirement and the uh and the brand requirements uh i was i was rather keen to learn yeah. about these things i didn't need much of learning in terms of like uh creation or advertising or understanding of um, art direction those were the things that i already had learned on my previous job what i wanted to understand was how things work you know how work culture is or how how generally the culture in uk is so i thought i i could do with a little bit of a step back in terms of seniority to understand that absorb that culture and if i've done it once i i thought i could do it again you know just rising the ranks can happen yeah so it it feels comfortable i and and i it did come from a lot of advice as well yeah but it it seems that it it's a fair trade off yeah so it sounds like it was almost like a correct me if i'm wrong in in saying this like almost like a personal taking the pressure off of yourself kind of thing like I know that I've experienced that myself it's like oh I won't go for that higher thing because that would just be putting pressure on myself let's just take baby steps is that you know <laughs> that is yeah. that's actually quite true that's right I wanted to be um, focusing on my performance uh, rather than taking all these additional pressures of being the right leader yeah do you personally feel like maybe a man in the same position as you would have felt the same i know that's obviously hard to say because everyone's experiences are different right but do you think that that's maybe a pressure that's also put on us by yeah, society I or i again i am not uh, uh, i can't speak for all the men or any man but it's possible that a man would not have uh, put as much pressure on himself and would have probably been more um, assertive and confident in taking up or applying to leadership roles as against me perhaps um that is uh uh yes and i also think that while it would be a, a bit of a uh like the gender could be one of the reasons but also the the 
it's additional pressure coming from another region that uh, that's not only gender specific so yeah. there were these two two things playing a part at the same time and obviously you said it was partly the advice that you was given as well was that like contacts and friends or was that recruiters or a mix of both or it was mostly recruiters and i did have a few coffee chats with uh, people working in the industry and um, well they had better things to say i mean they 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 seemed fairly confident that i should be able to get in <laughs> it doesn't seem very hard and with this kind of work and this kind of experience i think you should have gotten it or you can get it anytime it was just sounded very easy but except for the uh, even the recruiters sounded confident about uh, my work it just did not translate mm. so I, i keep saying that i was confused it was simply because the meeting used to go extremely well it just never turned into any sort of action yeah and uh, that left me a little lost and confused yeah because did the did the recruiters manage to give you any kind of insight in terms of why that why that might yeah, it was been. it was uh, many a times it was very explicit they 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 said that they're looking for someone with uk experience like in as many words so the clients are looking for someone who does not have to come on the job and learn and uh, you should have the understanding of the uk market and that was uh, i heard that more often than i heard anything else from recruiters that's just it's just sorry it just blows it my even, mind <laughs> it wasn't even left like for me to imagine it was explicit yeah and uh, like is that really acceptable now like do you know what i mean like we said like transferable skills like we're meant to be like a modern industry right that's able to like you say go on to different briefs understand different people and we seem to have a lack of understanding of our very own talented people in the business it just baffles in, me it does it did in an agile world it shouldn't have been the way it was but it is and i'm glad someone's talking about it i'm i'm glad i'm getting an opportunity to even discuss the reality of things for people who migrate for you know whatever economic uh, reasons yeah. so it is it's happening as whether we like it or not it is it's the truth yeah no i think this is the thing is you know this podcast is to highlight it to to other people right whether it's so that someone can go i've had that same experience oh gosh thank goodness it's not just me or someone else goes i've never thought of that like why aren't we doing that in our recruitment and they question it like you say i think it's we've got to a point now where it's important to talk about these things and kind of work out the reasons kind of why i wasn't you know when i felt like it was just me and it was just happening to me and it's something's wrong with me uh i ended up speaking to a lot of other people who've done who you know who've moved especially from from the region that i come from and it was a, it was like the most uh, common experience for every single woman especially it's it, it was exactly the same at a lot of times women have just dropped out and not tried to go back in the industry because they just gave up my tenacity was tested so so was everyone else's yeah like um, we shouldn't be making it that hard for people to come and like do good things for this industry right like <laughs> if people are knocking on the doors accept them in use that wealth of experience like you could go to the other end of the spectrum of people that are trying to get in the industry right at the beginning and it's like oh they've not got enough experience there's always there's always something you know it's like okay so how are they meant to get the experience if we never give no one ever gives them an opportunity to get the experience how are you meant to kind of transfer your skills into uk culture if you're never given the chance to to do it right and um, that is the exact chicken and egg situation yeah what's happened since then you you am i right in thinking you went on the kind of creative comeback um scheme as part of creative equals yes that was one of the best things that happened to me um during my job hunt and uh, because i had a lot of diageo contacts on my linkedin and my socials i one of those days when i was just scroll, scrolling sort of mindlessly hopelessly <laughs> looking for jobs i stumbled upon this uh, creative comeback program and uh, it was i was curious so i logged in and i checked it out and i said hmm, that sounds interesting i've got a bit of a break in my career and um, 
let's see what this is you know it's like one of those many other things that i tried and i tried this also without much of an expectation or hope but i did hear from them back soon where they given a brief and um, we had to work on a brief uh, sort of like an entrance test for getting into this program and and then i thought yeah this is getting serious and i would really love to understand what this is all about so i did my research and i did i put in a lot of effort i wanted to give it my best shot so i came up with that campaign and uh, send it out as an entry and um, then i i got selected in the, the cohort of like top 30 men and women across uk and uh, some from europe so that was uh, that seemed like a really fresh starting point where i could uh, sort of nullify all the ill effects of the job hunt and the the break that i've been taken in this in this in the spirit um and uh, yeah we got onto the program and really it was it was life changing in so many ways it <laughs> i met firstly these 30 incredible men and women who've been on a break for various reasons um for so many different reasons and life has happened and mm. they have accepted it and now they're ready to move on just like i was Uh, so i felt like i found my tribe and mm-hmm. it was a two weeks uh, sort of rigorous program where they kind of upskilled us brought us up to speed you know with like the changing technology whether it is bitcoins or uh, whether it is sorry blockchains or ar vr just everything that's happening in the technology industry and you know just like a refresher training on the ideation strategy um, presentation they had like the industry leaders who'd come and give us like um uh, a course on you know various things and it was just so beautifully managed it was uh, so encouraging for all of us it was like you know it was we were all injected with so much confidence <laughs> in those in that one week and uh, i i literally forgot and i i was questioning myself why did i think of all of those things that i was thinking about myself in this period you know before i came on this program yeah and um at the end of it we had to um, there was a live brief and a pitch and we had to make a presentation in front of like the uh, the industry leaders like the, the top creative directors and the marketers of the top like 13 agencies in london and uh, and we made those presentations each of them every single presentation was mind blowing <laughs> um and uh, you know it just seemed like none of these women have ever taken a break or the men in that in their careers if they're doing so well at every stage uh, uh yeah so it was it was fabulous and i also ended up uh, being the uh, part of the winning team amazing <laughs> yeah thank you so much so that sort of landed me a job at wml yr to we had to produce the campaign that we had presented for bailey it was very very interesting the opportunity was crazy of course um, that was, that was just sort of a day before we went into lockdown oh my gosh <laughs> nonetheless <laughs> nonetheless it was the best day of my life still so it was yeah it was incredible and the the um, it changed my mindset in so many ways yes. well that sounds yeah. like just what you needed at that at that time right um, yes especially when you hear you know these trailblazers whether it's Rachel who is also on your podcast or yeah. it's Ali and there was you know there was just so many incredible women who were giving us the exact kind of pep talk that we wanted to hear yeah um, well that you deserve as well right like you know that like we've just said that talent is there and it's just if anything it's either like you said confidence or uh, by the sounds of it or um the industry not giving you what what you need and that's as as, as much as uh, our responsibility in the industry right as it is um individuals so um yeah so so um was that literally just that project that you worked on at um VML YNR yes it's it's an ongoing project it's and it's going to still happening oh so you're still um, working on it now yes um it 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 happens in spurts but it's it's still happening okay because you know with so much um uncertainty as to where and how uh, we're going to go in terms of budget so it's it's an ongoing project but um uh, um but it's it's 
fabulous. It's yeah. just amazing the opportunity and the kind of people that you're interacting with is just incredible. Yeah, yeah. And do you mind me asking, is that I'm guessing your time on that is paid for, right? Yes, it is yeah, paid yeah. for. Yeah, good, good. It is totally paid for. It was they, they're making every single effort they can to bring the people on the program or people who've been on a break back in the industry and um, n- nothing less than, you know, uh, great, uh, not just like big network agencies, but also fantastic brands. Yeah. So there's, there's, there's amazing effort put in from the team of, from, from you know, whether it's DNA or Creative Equals, they're putting incredible amount of effort and they're getting a lot of support from the industry as well. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Um, so I guess from that experience and the fact that it's that's still going on now, but then obviously the pandemic hit, which has hit a lot of people in the job market, right? Um, you've started your own agency. I feel like since we <laughs> since I've seen you, you've done so much. So um, Roll.Agency, is that right? It is um, Roll.Agency. Yeah. Tell, tell me a bit about how that, that come about, like... What are you doing as part of that? Like, yeah, tell me, tell me everything. <laughs> it, it, it's a, it was interesting actually how things have turned around <laughs> since then, since the last time we spoke. And um, uh, yes, uh, after the pandemic hit, we were all struggling with the homeschooling and the kids um, needing your constant attention. And I mean, they were going through so much themselves. So. Um, we all put our lives on hold literally to keep the family and like generally our sanity going. So did I. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, of course, my husband had to continue working because someone had to on the bread. And, you know, especially when there are so many job losses, if you can keep yours, then you do You go to any length to make sure you're keeping it well. So uh, while he was doing that, I was again on a break and it did feel, um, it felt terrible because I felt like, I was just moving forward mm. and I was just about to, to, you know, um, undo all the, uh, all the ill effects of the break. And now I've got to go back on a break again, but it, it wasn't as bad because the whole world was going through it. When you feel like you're not the only one, then it hurts you slightly lesser. Um, yeah. And, uh, it just so happened, like starting an agency was never a part of my plan. Like never. Yeah. <laughs> in the past 20 years I would have never said I'm going to start an agency of my own um, so it so happened that uh, everyone was trying to do their bit to help the society and to help people get out of their situations and do whatever we could and I thought it was my responsibility as well so I just put out like some posts uh, offering you know pro bono services for anyone who's been hit any businesses that have been hit by the by the COVID-19 virus and um, generally the effects of the pandemic. And I would help them to sort of, in any way, if I could help them to resurrect their business, whether it's branding or, you know, marketing or some other strategies. And uh, the response was overwhelming. Like I did not expect that many, that many people to respond and call. And uh, it was sad because every single story was so heartwarming and it was so, uh, it, it, you could tell they're going through a really tough time. So I I tried to help as many as I could. And obviously this was all pro bono, but it so happened that a lot of these clients started wanting me to produce the work that I had presented. The, you know, the creative strategy or the, or the communication, the campaigns and all of that. And when it comes to production, it can't be done by like, it's not a one person. It, it can't be one person sitting and producing all of these campaigns yeah, for all of these people. So I felt the need and they were willing to pay for it. So I felt the need to start putting a team together. And I started doing that. It was just very organic. Yeah. And I started asking people like like experts in, in every industry to help me with, uh, with, you know, the specific requirements that I had. And the reason I called this role.agency because uh, it was literally rolling before I knew it. <laughs> it was already it was already an agency before I even established it. I feel like uh, if I can bring my expertise of like large businesses, you know, handling larger ecosystem global brands, I can bring that learning and understanding and expertise into like the, the markets that also um, require all of those uh, 
uh, acumen. So um, I started offering at at a much uh, my services at a much affordable price compared to like an Ogilvy or you know like a DDB for example. Yeah. And uh, I think that that has has picked up. It's Amazing. So well, Thank no, you. but like massive, like congratulations, and that is totally off of off of your own back, right? Like that's amazing that you've that you've gone and done that, and you've done it from a point of just caring and being pro bono and trying to help people. And you know, I think it's right that then in return now it's being able to help you back because you know, you kind of say that these, I find it really interesting that you say, you know, oh, it was sad that people were coming to you in terms of, um, you know, finding it really hard and them struggling. And it's like, but actually the person on the end of the phone was yourself who had been struggling, right? And and was still to a, to a certain extent. So I think that's a testament to your kind of, your character to be able to be like, oh, I'm struggling, but I'm going to help other people that are struggling, you know, like, it's amazing. Yes, yeah, it was, I was struggling, and I still feel that my husband was a huge support, because he was still bringing in the money, I wasn't still in a desperate situation where I was struggling to run my family, and these people had, like, uh, probably bigger problems, and it was just, you know, basic problems of bringing food at the table. And yeah. there was no business. There was no money coming in for six months in a row. I, that's really hard. I think just the, the satisfaction I derived out of helping people with like these, they had real problems. Their, their, their issues were really um, very grassroots problems. Uh, it just, the, the satisfaction I derived out of that was far greater than any campaign that I've actually worked on till date. Even if it was, it won me like awards, they did not give me the kind of satisfaction I got after working on these pro bono projects or even some of these clients that I'm working with right now. It's like the difference is between, you know, taking care of a grown up, a big brand, yeah, raising a child. So yeah. it's far more uh, satisfying and fun. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's great and um, obviously you mentioned your husband in terms of parenting responsibilities and and things like that obviously in the pandemic you know it made sense right um but now that you're obviously running roll dot agency have you got like shared parenting responsibilities like how do you kind of figure it out between you um we struggle both of us yeah it's a struggle for both of us but i think we acknowledge each other's struggles Mm-hmm. and uh, at life I say we didn't have arguments over these things because <laughs> it's impossible uh, but we we try and understand as much as we can of the other struggle like for for example in our household especially because I'm running my own setup I can still move things around I can I can you know treat my work as flexi hours because it's all in my control and I can decide the time I want to set up for meetings or when I want to do my group huddles in his case, it's not always in his control. He's mm. part of a larger ecosystem and a larger team. And he also needs to fit in his time as for everyone else's requirements. So he does whatever he can. But there are there are uh, majority days when uh, the, the daytime is generally, Malhar is generally my responsibility. Yeah. But as soon as his work day comes to an end, he sort of tries to take charge of Malhar. And then my work day starts. And it goes on till like, midnight or like the middle of the night so um yeah so I I I have been burning out but so is he and we try the best that we can do to keep each other uh sort of going with our with our individual jobs yeah of course but he's been extremely supportive and that's great I couldn't have asked for more I mean yeah working till midnight though is crazy but I say that everyone has their own own schedules right this is where it comes into like not everyone's a nine to five person someone's an evening person or a morning person or just circumstances um circumstances yeah you're right circumstances yeah because I I would love to work in daytime and have the evening to myself to just put my feet up and watch something on Netflix if I wish to but I can't at this point because my day job was of course this was until yesterday yeah. <laughs> uh, but until then my I couldn't do that because I'm 
on a full time mom job while taking calls in between yeah. um and then in the evening is another full time job of working as as an in, as a founder of an industry, of an agency yeah and have the have your clients and stuff been understanding of that flexibility that's been needed uh, they haven't had the need to okay because they've been on top of it i think they and so used to juggling things and uh, it just comes so naturally i've <laughs> been parenting <laughs> for 5 years now i'm used to to not making people feel the kind of struggle that goes behind that phone call or behind uh they you know behind my back so in front of the clients or the agency everything is just so perfect and it's all like <laughs> the way it was supposed to be planned and nothing has to be moved around while i am actually doing a lot of things to make that stuff happen so it did nobody has actually even even realized it okay I, i suppose that's an interesting question as well do you think there will become a point where it's almost like important for people to know that that that's what you're having to do or do you think it just like as long as the work's done it doesn't matter and it doesn't matter the story that's behind it this is a very subjective question yeah. and uh, yeah it just to each their own yeah. and as i said my tenacity has been tested uh, right from childbirth till now and i think i care more about just making sure the work gets done sometimes i feel that i might be overdoing it and uh, it does take a load on me and my you know my my mental load keeps increasing i'm not doing great for myself or my my own mental health because i'm trying to um do do something that's almost impossible or try to reach that you know that level of perfection which is taking a toll but it needs to be talked about mm but it hasn't ever occurred to me that i need to I, i don't want it to sound like um i have so many problems and you need to accommodate your life around mine you know it just it it just doesn't uh it's not something that i have learned or been conditioned to do i've seen my mom go through much more struggles and do it all with a smile and i and i have learned from that and i don't think that was an ideal scenario i don't think what i'm doing is an ideal scenario but it just feels like my conditioning hasn't let me to bring it out in the light or in the open yeah yeah i mean say everything was kind of building up do you feel like you would be able to kind of um at least say like oh like put set some boundaries i guess and go like we're not you know i know we said that we might be able to do that by tuesday but actually things have come up which means it would have to be wednesday or would you kind of feel like you still had to work to that tuesday right well, as a person i would still work to the tuesday yeah but i think i should i should be able to uh, push back with timelines or with other things coming up and as far as possible i would try to achieve it yeah. um if not i can always say it i don't think anybody would have a problem to be fair and honest i don't think my clients would be in a position that they would not understand or you know not treat me the way they treat me right now if i wasn't uh, meeting every single deadline um so the it's not on the clients at the moment it's on me yeah and um, i should i think there will be a point when i will end up saying that yeah yeah i'm pretty sure it's going to be soon what do you think makes you feel like that like you said do you think it's just how you've been conditioned to that's just your thought process and the people around you that's how they've kind of done things and so almost by osmosis that's what you're it's uh i think I've, it's not it hasn't come out of choice mm-hmm. a is because i've seen my mom uh you know burning both sides of the i mean she's she's worked relentlessly her entire life without uh, much of um, you know much of her spouse's support in like the daily household chores when while doing a full time job mm-hmm. making just as much as my dad was making and working three times harder than he was so that was one learning that stayed with me the other problem was after i got into the industry it was such a male dominated industry then it still is now for mm-hmm. uh, you know most reasons and then there were the male counterparts in the in every agency who would just who would just hang around in the agency for hours like for nights yeah yeah and uh, you know sometime in the middle of the morning at like 5 am they come up with like this idea and sometimes i would get to hear it the next day and i and i'm like when did you do this <laughs> yeah. you know i got i thought of it this morning when i was sleeping on that couch in the in the conference room 
and uh, it, there was so much pressure to live up to that you know to constantly be like you, if you're not present you are out of the equation so you have to be physically present and then you have to manage the equation back home because uh, where i come from it wasn't acceptable to be working late night every day and i was doing that so i was dealing with tremendous pressure at work being a woman trying to still be in uh, in just just performing like everyone else but working harder to be heard and uh, seen and then uh, you come back home and you have to sort of be apologetic to your parents because you've been working late despite being a girl and you're like the only girl that they know who's who's working so late every night which is absolutely unacceptable so i got so used to taking all of that pressure that now it feels fairly easy at least i feel like i'm not answerable to uh, every single person while uh, sort of openly but i think internally i'm still feeling answerable you know i have to meet the deadlines i have to be the perfect mom i have to be a good homemaker my house has to be in a certain condition and this the pressure has been for so many years that it doesn't feel it anymore as much i'm sure one day it will just all erupt <laughs> but it's it's like a doing of the entire system it's the doing of the society it's the doing of the industry and it's the doing of you know your upbringing your yeah. culture all yeah. of it has played a role and and made us used to being under this constant pressure yeah i mean do you notice a difference in the culture from from india to come into the to the uk do you feel like you've noticed a shift in any way or yes i think that has um, i i have noticed that a lot there's a lot more acknowledgement for uh, another person you know what they're going through there's yeah. there's a lot of acknowledgement and there's a lot of acceptance of uh, you know it's okay to go through what you're going through um i think i've got a lot more ears now you know to tell my story this what what i'm narrating right now is probably the most common thing that you would heard that would you would hear uh, from any female uh, creative or anyone working in any most industries actually but it was it's never taken very seriously because it's it's just the most common thing and it's a norm yeah yeah but here uh, it's it's very different parenting is very different here it is because it's a lot more challenging than where i come from so um, how would you say that it's more challenging here like what about what's what elements just help just the fact that you know you uh, most of the time um uh it's so easy to find house help and it's so affordable you don't have to most of the time worry about like the dishes or the cleaning of the house or the even child care for that matter uh you can afford to get a lot of help to manage all of the other chores so you can concentrate on just the important things that you choose to concentrate on besides uh there's the families are really large like mm-hmm. massive families so you can take even the fam- even though they're nuclear they're living uh separately but you can always it's not a big deal to borrow help and and it's not even like where you have to ask for help you just get it like grandparents are always ready to uh take care of your needs the extended family is just happy to keep keep your child for as long as you want them to be there with you <laughs> malhar was 6 months old i had to travel to for a shoot to canada and then i had to go to italy so it was literally like uh 25 days off malhar and i was traveling for work wow. and my sister just decided to come and live with my son and spend that time with my son and my parents were doing that it didn't feel like i am leaving my child in like an unsafe environment i don't know how he will do how he survives i knew he was in safe hands because he'd miss me and i'd miss him but he was safe and he was fine and he would they would go to any length to make sure he's happy so yeah. you know just that that relief that you have when you know you have so much help and it's true when they say that it takes a village to raise a child in yeah. uk you don't get a village you get one person and childcare is so expensive so unaffordable that it's i think i have immense respect for all the women who are raising children in 
especially UK and most other parts of the world where domestic help or, you know, just childcare is almost unaffordable. Yeah, I guess what's lacking here is a sense of community, right? Again, casting our minds back, <laughs> way back to a year ago, when I first spoke to you, I remember you mentioned that you took maternity leave, was it for like two and a half months? Yeah, that was yes. two and a half months. Was that a choice? Was that um, like a personal choice? Was that a t- or was that to do with just the general policies at the company that you were working at the time in India? Or where? Um, what was the what was the reasoning behind that? I guess. Yeah, something I would like to say that I think I've been extremely fortunate in this whole parenting and you know my pregnancy time. And it's a shame that I have to say I'm privileged or fortunate because the experience that I had should be a normal experience that every mom should have. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have to say this, that I was an exception. I got hired at uh, DDB by the, the, the chairman at that time and the CCO who was an older girl, uh, when I was already pregnant. And then he hired me for a senior creative director position, well knowing I'm pregnant and I'm going to go on maternity break. And... Uh, and over and above that, they handed me the most, the most uh, uh, prestigious account that DDB had and also the, the most money-making account that they had. So that was the account handed to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that gave me a lot of confidence that I can do this. And uh, uh, secondly, the, the maternity policy at that time in India was only three months. I took a couple of weeks before I delivered because I wanted to go home and be with my mom and deliver and just wanted to enjoy the last couple of weeks of pregnancy. So it was like, uh, it was, I, I took the due maternity, but uh, after the childbirth, I, I went back into work in two and a half months. It wasn't really planned again. It was just, there was something that they were struggling with and they needed my help on. So um, I said, okay, let me just start and it once you start it's hard to stop I yeah. thought I'd help them out with this one campaign because they've been going through a lot of problems then and it was my baby like I, I treated that client like my own uh, account so uh, out of passion I tried to help with one and then one and then they did not stop but what was great was um, how flexible they made it all feel you know like uh, also luckily my office was very close to my workplace Okay. Uh, sorry, my my home. So uh, it was, I would come back for every single feed, and I made sure none of my feeds were missed. I was obviously a lot more efficient after my pregnancy because I would I wouldn't waste any time. So before I went into the office, I would plan things in such a way that everything that I have to oversee, feedback, meetings had to be lined up precisely in that much time, and there was zero waste of time. Like the, the job that I would take eight hours to do, I was now finishing in three and a half or four hours. So, uh, and it was just doing as well. And I was, I think my office never questioned me if I'm going to be in today or not. If I'm, how, what the progress on the client is, on the campaigns are. They just, they just totally left it to me. And there were days when I would go, go to work and do it from office. Or there were days when I would just do it from home. There were days I would shuffle between office and work. Uh, home it was absolutely flexible no question asked and uh, and automatically my performance was so high because I felt that I had to be more responsible now that they're giving me so much flexibility and freedom yeah I was just I was just really lucky my boss Vishnu is one of the nicest bosses that anyone can have Uh, apart from being a, a supreme creative mind he's also a great person and he had he was a new dad at that time. So he knew the struggles of, you know, mums and getting back into a workplace. So he made it as comfortable as possible for me. So that was, there was no question that uh, I, I wouldn't have been able to do this without him. Or yeah, the yeah. Do you think that was um, him? Or do you think that was like a cultural standard across the majority of the agencies that there was that flexibility? Not from the experience that I've heard uh, from my peers and my yeah. colleagues and my friends. Most people have had, like I've been hearing horror stories about each of their work experiences after having a baby. There would have been a few ex- exceptions. I was definitely an exception. 
there must have been a few but there were few and far in between this was not a norm this was not an industry norm it was a, a major struggle it was not uh, in my career in my by then i was already some 12 years in the industry or 13 i guess um i had never seen a mom bringing a baby into work mm-hmm. i have never seen it and i used to do that i was it was okay for for them to let me do that um there were days sometimes when my child was just he just wouldn't want to stay in the daycare and uh, they called me and they said listen he's just not willing to stay today is there anything that you would like to do and i would just bring him to work with me and there were so many people to take care of him it was like having so many babysitters and so many nannies at one place so it was uh, absolutely exceptional it wasn't a norm yeah it was exceptional in for so many reasons my my brand was still with me you know the most prestigious account was still with me it wasn't taken away from me i i've, I've heard stories when that has happened um there were i i still got my due you know my raise i got the the year of my childbirth um and my maternity and all of that was the year when i got the highest bonus in the office i was given the highest raise uh in the office uh so that it was absolutely an exception i haven't yeah. heard of this son heard of i just lucked out yes i mean again you say lucked out but at the same time again that's got to be because because of you right you you proved that you know you you could be flexible and that you could do your job just as well as anyone else if not better and therefore you were deserving of that and just by simply your boss taking that trust in you right is so much of it is about about trust i think would you agree i totally agree with you i i wouldn't take the entire credit to uh, just the performance it the performance was as a result of the treatment i was getting uh just the fact that uh my my managers decided to trust me completely and uh, they left it to me to decide what's best for me and what's best for the organization uh when they put so much faith in you you also sort of uh you know step up and yeah. you want to prove it to themselves and yourselves and the the industry you're, you're setting examples and there were other moms that uh, there there was another mom a uh, 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 colleague who was pregnant parallelly and she had a similar experience as i did so there was a this was a new normal that was created in the office suddenly people weren't scared of becoming pregnant in the office yeah uh, and i was so happy that happened I, a few few people some some mom uh, colleagues got pregnant after and it was it just made it it just made them feel like it's possible all of this is possible it's not yeah. some dream <laughs> that feels like it was a unique experience but shouldn't be <laughs> how how do you think we could make that normal like what do you think needs to be done to make that just the way that it is in the industry i think technology is the answer it's just if you we have to rely on technology to find answers for all, a lot of our problems so i during this pandemic uh, we realized that a lot of people were working from home and they had to attend or like tend to someone else in their family that uh, needed everyone's physical presence you know uh, you couldn't be at a workplace you couldn't be at shoots you couldn't be at uh, meetings sometimes there for no reason uh, but then like th- there was a solution that was engineered everyone discovered zoom Yeah. but it was the same problem that moms have been facing for many generations many many generations where they unable to physically be present in situations there was skype but it was never taken seriously nobody ever considered that uh, a working mom could do it from home can can deal with flexi hours and we can get her in a meeting over zoom while she is feeding why was this never considered so now when like suddenly the whole world has come to a stop and the economy needs to move yeah these solutions have cropped up but nobody has ever thought of coming up with a solution for like uh, a a certain set of people who were going through the exact same problem for many 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 years yeah um so i think at least now it should be easier with technology to make that happen 
there should be flexi hours should be a norm i think not like anybody does not want to do it they all want to do it it's just physically impossible to be present at two places at the same time yeah it's been the biggest problem do so do you think the pandemic is will hopefully change people's minds about how it can be done or do you think we could see people just kind of going we can go back to the office and slipping back into old old ways how do you think that it's going to pan out well that is my biggest fear yeah but uh, at least we um yeah the pandemic has changed mindset to a great extent and um at least now we can uh, speak up if if something if some such uh, problem arises and there's a there's a problem for not you know someone facing a problem for not being physically present we can we have um, we have about a year and a half or two years of proof that you don't need to be physically present and it's all possible we've got proof that flexi hours work so it should be hopefully changing yeah and helping a lot of moms in the future yeah so would you say um because obviously one of my one of my questions that i always ask is how do you think the industry can be kind of helping um parents not just mums but parents because i think sometimes you need to help uh both members in order to to help one who you know the other um would you say that would be part of your kind of answer in terms of what the industry can be doing like what do you yes um i think it's important to uh, and a lot of people a lot of industries a lot of organizations are doing it but you know equally for both parents um like maternity as much as paternity leave should become a norm flexi hours should be totally acceptable and should be normal and um um yeah it's 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 okay you know for days to bring in kids uh it should it should also it should all feel like it's not a one off or it's not unnatural to see a child at a workplace some day mm. or uh, or you know just just knowing that uh, a mom may not be into office for three days in a row because it's a time for vaccination and then there and then the invariably kids fall sick after that Mm-hmm. so you know it's it should all be acceptable and these and the more we see of these things the more normal it will be and the more acceptable it will be so two things like we use as much technology as possible and uh, um give flexi hours and definitely give equal parent leave yeah yeah that's really great and if you could give one piece of advice to someone who's thinking about kind of starting a family in this industry what would it what would it be um just stay in touch with your network mm-hmm. as much as possible just be in contact with people with your people within the agency your seniors uh keep them updated on what your ambitions and your plan is and uh, um be vocal about it and also there are these just take help as much help as you can and there's there's no shame in taking help take as much help as you want there are also great organizations that are doing fabulous work there is creative equal that is you know championing for all of this take take their help and support they're offering a lot of support there's bloom and then there's dots and there's so many of these she says uh, communities that are doing uh, trying to change the way things are right now so um take their help advice support speak to a lot of other moms who've been in the industry and hopefully now onwards it won't be as hard as it has been with the whole change of scenario after the pandemic so um yeah do it just just have a plan and don't be scared yeah and i guess as you kind of touched on everyone's experience is different i guess if if you were specifically talking to someone who was looking to do what you've done and, and move from a different country to to the UK in order to find a job in the creative industries whilst having you know children what what advice would you give to them from from your experience now in in hindsight i would definitely prepare them mentally <laughs> yeah just because when you're coming with a different set of expectations and you're suddenly faced with the exact opposite it just crushes your you know confidence self esteem and does a lot more harm than it actually you know 
uh, should. So be prepared that you would have to make adjustments and uh, um, what I would say is try to build a network before you move in. Mm-hmm. Try to speak to as many people uh, while you're while while you haven't made the move yet. Yeah. Get as many coffee chats or virtual coffee chats, obviously, as possible. Um, try to share your work or your book with as many people. And people are very generous with with giving feedback and giving advice on your book. So maybe you should spend a lot of your energy of you know doing all the homework before you move, so that when you're when you're in the country, you can you can just get like hit the ground running. Yeah. And not waste another six months again building a network again working on your book making changes in your portfolio and all of that yeah yeah that's that's great advice especially from from what you've been what you've been saying Uh, I wish I I had known this before I didn't have to put myself through you know I didn't have to be so hard on myself Mm -hmm. for uh, going through what I did Um, yeah so you know I was only aiming for that one job that I did not land initially, but I, then I realized that, you know, a job was basically just reducing me to an art director, was compartmentalizing me, mm-hmm. while now I feel that I am capable of so much more. I am capable of a running goddamn agency. Uh, <laughs> why should I, why did I feel so, so you know, why didn't I think of myself as, I could, as, as someone that could have done this? Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think we've all got it. It's just about time when we prove it to ourselves and to the world yeah and and that belief right and sometimes and I guess that's another thing from what you've been saying or what I feel I'm kind of taking out of this is the industry needs to be be giving people that confidence and boosting them or you know even if they're not there yet taking a bit of a punt on people because like you said when you do everyone gets rewarded (laughs) because the person feels great they then start doing great work for you which you then get it back it's like it's a beautiful circle but you have to input to it in the in in the first place and have that confidence right um i'll finish up with a quick fire which is just like where you finish the sentences um (laughs) okay um so since becoming a mum i i have never switched off i am constantly every living second of my life I'm a mum in parallel to whatever else I do so I haven't switched off as a mum you're happiest when um I am happiest in two okay on two occasions actually one is when I am having a family moment with Apoor and Malhar and I together and we forget about everything else we forget that the world exists that's a really nice time and there are no worries in that world and the other time is when I'm absolutely objectively uh, looking at my son Malhar spending time with his grandparents because <laughs> their world is so, you know, intimate and so complete that I don't want to intrude and stop or disturb anything that's going on there. So my parents and my son, just to watch them together is, makes me the happiest as well. Oh, that's really nice. Really nice. Um, being successful means? It means moving forward just keep moving forward um it could be baby steps it could be big leaps whatever it is but just keep moving forward that's that's what success would mean that's really nice because obviously everyone thinks success is a finishing point so that's a really nice um way to look at it uh and my one piece of advice to parents would go for topical here in the pandemic would be i know we're coming out of the other end now but (laughs) yes but it's just uh in, in advice, this is an advice that I got from someone else that stop being so hard on yourself. If you have 20 um, things on your to-do list and you manage to accomplish only two, um, you manage to do two, which is harder than, uh, which is better than not doing anything. So just look at the half glass full and <laughs> stop being so hard on yourself. Uh, yeah everyone's going through the same thing so you're not you're not any better or any worse than anyone else yeah that's really nice and really really good thank you so much for um for joining me and being part of part of this podcast it's been like an absolute joy just kind of being able to chat to you about all these different things and I'm so glad that we've been able to do it after thank you
yeah, after a year. <laughs> <laughs> I know, over a year now. Yeah, thank you so much for having me over and just bringing the story out. And I, I wish, I wish you um, many more podcasts with many more lovely moms. And I'd love to hear all of their stories and be inspired. I just wanted to say a massive thank you to Tijale for speaking to me and being so open and honest. I don't know about you, but it's a real eye-opener around how this industry still has a long way to go thinking about transferable skills and its parenting policies. It certainly got me thinking about what we can be doing, and I hope anyone that's listening has found it thought-provoking too. Please feel free to reach out if you have any thoughts on how we can change this in the industry. I'm always open for a chat. The music on this podcast is called Good Morning and credit goes to the composer Audio Binger. If you would like to be featured on Promum or know someone who would, get in touch at promum.net.